Hi, welcome to Coffee and Closers. I'm Nikolai Bedor, and I want to personally invite you to join me and one of today's top performing sales stars for a cup of coffee and authentic conversation. And our collective goal is that you will walk away with tangible knowledge that you can apply to your sales efforts today. Are you ready? Grab a cup, fill it up, and let's get into another episode of Coffee and Closers. Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Closers. Um, I'm Michael Ibador. I'm going to be your tour guide on today's journey. Um, and it's a wild time, right? Under quarantine, we've all had to get creative. Um, anyone else? Uh, I myself, in between calls, have picked up a few magic tricks, which is what inspired this sweet new wizard beard. And if you're wondering, it is itchy, and it provides zero sales or magical advantage. But that's the state we're in, right? We are all trying new stuff, which is why we're so excited to learn today from Heidi Munson, today's guest on how to successfully take action under quarantine. Try new things and take action. Um, but first, I want to welcome all of our new folks. Um, there's a lot of new folks. We had hundreds uh, registered for this one. And so we just want to welcome you to the Closers community. Um, you're welcome here. This is a safe place for all, uh, for new salespeople, existing sales, or experienced salespeople to get together and learn from one another and celebrate this art and craft, this science called sales. Um, here's how this usually goes. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spend 30 minutes with today's guest, Heidi Munson, and I'm gonna ask her a handful of questions. And after that, we're gonna open the floor uh, to Q&A, which will be led by one of our teammates, uh, Kate DeLeo. Um, before we get started, uh, I want to make sure that we thank all the people who make this possible. To you, our Closers community, thank you for the past few years of continuing to show up and support this mission um, that is the closest community, uh, regardless of the situation, from sold out theaters to a handful of uh, co-working spaces to now being virtual, you, you haven't let up and in fact we've grown. So if you're new, um, make sure to reach out to the, in the chat uh, to those people who have been coming. Uh, closers, uh, please make the new folks feel comfortable. We'd love to be part of it. Um, to our closing media team, we couldn't do this without you. Uh, Ellen, Kate, Gario, Allison, Jen, honestly, uh, this takes a lot of work uh, for those at home, and we love it. And uh, without this team, none of this would be possible. I want to thank Alex Rossi uh, for all, if you heard the music, we're going to have uh, some networking in the back after this is done. Enjoy Alex Rossi's music. Go pick up uh, a copy on Spotify. He's everywhere, and he's amazing. And then um, I want to thank our, uh, our, our sponsors, uh, really our sponsors in addition to our closest community make this possible. So I wanna thank uh, Jeff at Red Birch Recruiting. I wanna thank Aaron over at Back40. Uh, I wanna thank Mike and the team over at uh, Click360. And of course, uh, Kevin over at uh, Time on Target. Now to our premier sponsors, Trinet. Um, if you are in a spot right now where you're hiring, that's a unique spot to be in and you probably have the opportunity to bring on people you, you couldn't have had access to otherwise. Make sure that you go and talk to my friends, uh, Justin and Abby over at Trinet. If you are trying to retain those types of people um, or, or your existing people, or you're just trying to know what to do, make sure you reach out to my friends over at Trinet. Um, they're all about employee retention and right now big company benefits for small type companies are gonna make you uh, stand out in these crazy times. So go reach out to, to Justin Abbey. Um, if you're looking to elevate your brand, I think most of us are, crystallize our story and create more conversations that connect. Um, make sure that you uh, check out Ennoble. Um, Kate is a very popular person since she's joined the team and her, her company in Noble is, is one of the reasons why. Kate is also going to be helping MC today, so when we get to the Q&A, you're going to hear her voice uh, chiming in to make sure that we can run and get as many of your questions in as humanly possible. So thanks to all those folks. Can you give them a virtual round of applause? 
cheesy. I get it. Anyway, uh, our next uh, our guest today is very special to me. I've known this person for many, many years. We've worked together twice, and I've got to, 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 to learn from her in many different capacities. She's a decorated uh, U.S. war veteran, and she is a, a sales superstar. She's a rare gem who's won multiple awards as a prospecting specialist, a closer, and a VP of sales at some of the hottest tech companies, startups in the Bay Area, as well as some of the biggest names in enterprise sales, that being Oracle, NetSuite, and more. She also, after hours, happens to be a hilarious stand-up uh, comedian, and she, she honed that craft, get this, I think it's kind of unique, on the road. So she's a field sales rep, and, and when she'd go to her new spots, she would uh, do stand-up comedy to kind of meet new people or take clients to enjoy, and we've, I've seen her a couple times. She's great. So rarely do you find somebody uh, that's skilled at both prospecting and closing, let alone doing so at both big and small organizations. She's going to teach us today exactly how to take action in quarantine. Please give a warm coffee and closers welcome to my friend, Heidi Munson. Thanks, Mick. Absolutely, my pleasure. How are you? I am doing fantastic, thank you. Yeah? You know, I know that applause sucked. Um, you're used to like the big standing ovation, <laughs> the big roar, you know, when you get up on stage and smack some sweet jokes down and everyone just goes, ah! So uh, that didn't happen today and I apologize. Usually it's a little bit louder. <laughs> no problem. I can hear yeah. things in my head. I've got special uh, powers, so. <laughs> Good deal. Well, help us fill in the blank. So, you know, your story, I, I kind of swashed through it, but, um, you know, your military background, your comedy gig, and how sales has kind of played a role in all of it. Can you fill us yeah, in? Yeah, certainly, certainly. I, uh, so I went to Washington State University, go Cougars, um, way back when, a uh, quarter of a, of a, gosh, 25 years ago. That sounds like a million years ago. But anyways, um, while I was in college, I decided to join Army ROTC and quickly learned that I am going to be, you know, a leader of hundreds of soldiers, older than me, younger than me. And I took it really seriously, but I do everything with a little bit of a sense of humor. Um, so I, I joined the Army in um, 99. Um, we, my first deployment was in 99. I went to Bosnia. Uh, quickly learned that I am being put into a position at the age of 23 to manage a team of international soldiers. And I think from that point on, I started my sales career. Because when you're telling soldiers that you have to go to war, you have to sell them and their families on this idea. And they don't really have a say, but you have to spin it in a way that makes it sound en endearing. Um, <laughs> So off to, off to Sarajevo, I went for, for my first deployment. I had plenty of opportunity um, between then and my next deployment. I worked for general officers for the vast majority of my army career. And I think that also plays a huge part into working with large um, scale business CEOs, CFOs, COOs, um, because it took a fear away from me. If I'm able to speak with a general officer or an um, you know, presidents of countries I even was able to meet and work with. I, I bring all of that to my sales career today. Um, then finally deployed um, when we invaded Iraq in 2003 and did it as a protocol officer and worked directly for a general and worked on all of his uh, business, all of his meetings, um, any visitor that come, came into town when the wheels touched down to when they left I and my team were in charge of security 
um, planning and so forth. And I utilize those tools in sales every single day. Now, not everybody can yeah. say they were a war veteran and can utilize those tools, but you can look back into your history and find examples of times when you were in a situation that you can tie those lessons learned into what you're doing today. So shortly thereafter, um, I walked into the wedding industry due to a good friend of mine who brought me into that. I was a wedding photographer. I owned a couple of wedding businesses, wedding photography business, as well as I owned a wedding planning business. Um, 2006, seven and eight were really hard. And I closed the doors on those businesses and ended up working for a really good friend of mine as the director of sales for his wedding company. He also happened to work for Oracle brought me in saying, you'd be fantastic at selling software. And I said, I don't even know how to spell software. So I don't think I have a, a gig here. Lo this, and behold, is, this is why you're such a fierce negotiator. See, I, the whole time I thought it was the military, but having to deal with Bridezilla's, uh, I get it now. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's fine. So I got an interview with Oracle and ended up, I, I guess I did okay and uh, landed a job at Oracle about a decade ago and have been selling software ever since. Yes. Well, we're so, I, I, again, I've, I've told you guys this already, but I've had a chance to work with Heidi twice now. And it was fun when she came into Oracle and I had the chance to mentor her. And then 10 years later, she's mentoring me now. So she's going to mentor all of us over the next uh, 60 minutes here. So hopefully you guys are, are thinking of questions and stuff that you're you're looking to ask but um the theme of this episode Heidi as you guys as you know is taking action in COVID and you guys check this out recently um she crafted an entire cadence system uh email flows call scripts LinkedIn messages all that around the situation titled around this situation sorry titled uh the ca kindness campaign it was filled with empathy and it was amazing she shared it with me and a couple uh, others on our team and closers, it was so effective that the kindness campaign was implemented company-wide. This is at a $40 billion company, mind you. So Heidi, would you mind kind of, I know this is inspired, was inspired, kind of the whole theme, the mission was inspired by a loved one situation. Can you tell us kind of the purpose, the cadence detail, like what, how, what the order was and kind of the outcome and everything you can about it? Yeah, certainly. I'm happy to. So I have a loved one who was uh, drastically affected by COVID right away. Um, he runs a business in the event space. So they do the golf shows around the country. They do wine shows, um, James, James Beard food events. Um, he had a thriving business of 35 years. This is his first job out of college and uh, he's, you know, a little older than me. Um, but he, he'd been <laughs> he'd been working and building this business over years and years. And unfortunately, due to the fact that large scale events are no longer allowed to happen, um, his business was affected drastically. Um, this this was something hard for me to take because I you know I adore this person. Um, and unfortunately, um, the business is no no longer able to function the way that it it was you know six weeks ago so the what what i was i was talking to him and you know hearing the the strife in his voice and what's going on in the in the community and what he's going to have to do and it made me think how am i supposed to capitalize on my prospects in a situation where who knows what they're going through whether it's them or their spouse or their loved one 
Um, I also had a, a friend from high school whose father had passed from COVID pretty early on. Um, so I just decided I'm not going to use my traditional sales techniques that worked for the last 10 years. What I needed to do was come up with something that's going to work for people today and that speaks to people's hearts. And I kept getting all of these emails from every company I'd ever spent money at, you know, this is what we're doing during COVID, we're still open, please continue to buy from us. And I, it, it really affected me. Like I, 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 was bothered, I was bothered by it, to be honest with you. And so what I did was develop something I called the kindness campaign. And all I did in the first email, I, I did a test run of 35 accounts. And I sent it out to people that I had talked to at least one time before. And all it said was thinking of you in the, the subject line. The, the text of the email was two to three sentences and it never mentioned the company I work for, the product I sell or anything else. All that it said was, we are going through some very interesting times and I just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. I hope things are going well for you and I wish you the best. And that's all I said, that's all I said. I got a 100% return rate. Now, if you've been in sales longer than five minutes, you realize that <laughs> any, any return rate over about 30% is something you're willing to try. So 100% return rate within about 36 hours, it blew my mind. So then I expanded it and I came up with a secondary email, like how am I gonna reply to these 35 people that responded to me? But then how can I take this and make it broad to the thousands of people that I reach out to in my, in my territory. So the second email I sent back to the first 35 was, hey, what are you guys doing to keep yourself busy? Here's what we're doing in our family. You know, we're, we bought a volleyball net and so now we're playing volleyball more outside or we're you know, doing different activities at home and just trying to be creative. One of the things was to do a paint night with your family um, you know, pull up a paint painting on the computer and then everyone try to paint it and have fun and the parents drink and the kids don't. And <laughs> it was in that spawned a good conversation, right? So then my, the, they responded back. My return rate on that wasn't a hundred, but it was still well over 80%. People were sharing wow. ideas as to what they're doing. There's no selling happening here, right? I'm building rapport because if these people are going to buy today, they're going to buy today, regardless of COVID-19. If they aren't going to buy today and they're going to buy in September or next April, they're going to remember that I reached out and we had a candid conversation. And then it was my intent to continue monthly just to follow up and check in on them. Well, after the second email, I then started sending a webinar, you know, nothing from my company, nothing from my product. I'm literally trying to build rapport with prospects. So I would send webinars that were basic, like, how to cope during COVID or parenting during COVID or how to keep your company running um, on the systems that you have in place today. And then after that, I could tag on, you know, what I sell can help companies that have to work remote. So then I, mm -hmm. I started, you know, a trickling of a sales conversation that way. Um, so then I took it and broadened it to folks that I hadn't talked to, some more cold emails and instead of using thinking of you, because I felt like that could be a little bit pandering to somebody I've never met before, it was checking in. And so I send out the checking in email and it was kind of the same at the onset. You've never met me. I'm trying to you know, check in and see how things are going for you. Um, 
here are some webinars that I've watched recently that are helpful. And then I referenced the re webinars that I had sent to my contacts earlier. And I was still getting a really high return rate. I would say it would be between 50 and 60%. Um, wow. And I and these, say, are, these, are cold, these are cold people? These are people you haven't had? Cold, cold people that are responding because it's a humanistic response. I was thinking of my loved one who had to do the unthinkable with his business. And I was thinking, what would he want to hear right now? And that's what I, that's how I targeted that campaign. Um, and so I just kept, I, you know, it continued to go on. And from that, so starting, let's say, early March to today, I have found, uncovered, and started sales cycles with four separate accounts that are intending to close this month. It is possible people are out there, they want to take advantage of incentives. I did throw out some incentive emails. My BDR, who is stellar, also did the same exact thing. He sent out incentive emails and it triggered, it triggered something. But if you just send out that, um, that email saying, hey, look at this, you know, but wait, there's more kind of, they're not going to listen. You have yeah. to have built some kind of trustable rapport. That's awesome. That's bravo. I mean, you're, you're underselling the fact that it went viral at a, you know, one of the biggest software companies in the planet. And that's why, that's why you're so great, you know, Thanks. empathy. Um, so outside of crushing it, you are a stand-up comedian. Like, you got to tell us about that. And also, you know, I think a lot of us have heard, you know, people that I've had uh, reps or people that work with me that, that do improv or they do like I used to play, you know, music out or whatever. Um, well, can you tell us a little bit about how how that kind of came to be, and any advice on how stand up for you or, or or something of the like could really help people sell better and why? Certainly. So um, a couple of things. I started stand up based on a soccer mom friend of mine, Kate, out in Seattle. Um, we were at our kids' soccer game, and we were just bantering back and forth, and we were cracking each other up, but then, like, the group grew, and the kids were playing soccer, but we don't even know what the score was because it was the Kate and Heidi show, and we were just <laughs> cracking jokes. Well, shortly thereafter, Kate got up on stage and started doing stand-up, and she's become quite successful in the Seattle area. I used to live in Seattle. So she, her success made me realize I feel like this is something I could do, and I've been told throughout my years I'm so funny. I shake it up on stage. I'm like, I know. Um, <laughs> but to actually do that is another story. So I actually, she invited me to open mic. I kind of written down a couple of jokes, but I had no intent on going on stage. But she was the host that night. And she put my name on stage on the list and called, my, called me up there. And I got up on stage with my heart pounding through my chest. And I managed to do a six minute set my first time up and I kind of killed it. And I felt more alive than I have ever felt in my life. So I started carrying around a little, a little notebook and uh, it's a little old school, but I, whenever something funny pops into my mind or I see a situation or experience something that's funny, I write down these jokes and then I build out a, a joke set. So from there, I, I decided I was a little bit nervous to, to tell jokes in front of people I know and love, so I did it on the road. And um, I've covered probably 10 to 15 states that I've told jokes in, and it's been, it's been a blast. I love it. I feel like it, it helps me in sales cycles because 
it's not so serious all the time. I tend to bring my humor into meetings and emails and conversations. And I think that it breaks down a barrier of, of um, that stiffness that can occur in sales. So totally. that's the second question to that, but um, it has left the building. What was the second part of that? Oh, <laughs> I guess it was just, you kind of answered it, but kind of the advice like to, to give other people is to be better at sales, you can read books and you can, you know, you can listen to podcasts like this, but sometimes it's just getting out there and putting yourself in front of a room full. I saw you do it. Remember when we had everyone in town for our standup, um, you went up and did stand up after, after dinner. And I, I couldn't believe it because when a, when a joke doesn't land, not that you had any of those, but those other poor, you know, what's, um, <laughs> it just falls dead. And that, and that feeling is like when you <laughs> walk into a room and you just, you know what I mean? You could, you could see the, the pins. You're why you're floating in as a as a balloon, and you can see the decision makers that might poke that 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 balloon. Having something like a stand up or improv or playing in a band, kind of, or even something like this when people don't show up, you know, kind of it humbles you, right? And and it gives you a little bit more strength when somebody says oh, no yeah. to you. It doesn't hurt and as I've bad. I've fallen flat. I have fallen flat telling jokes before. Um, know your audience. <laughs> it's the number one rule of telling jokes, and uh, I failed once in Portland because. I didn't, I didn't really adapt to the Portland audience. Um, but yeah, I think uh, one of the things too about my jokes is I'm a little bit, I'm a little dirty or blue as they call it in the humor world. Um, so telling jokes to my counterparts at work, which I did not that long ago, it fell flat. <laughs> because I, I do tend to have like a little bit of a dirty sense of humor. So you'll have to come check me out sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it in the closest community you can. Her, her, her tour. So um, I, we're, we're running a little behind and I want to make sure that the closers community has a chance to ask you as many questions as, as we can cram into 30 minutes. So I'm just gonna ask you a couple more questions. Um, you talked about knowing like having your jokes ready, having, having your jokes ready, I think in sales is the same way of, of having your responses ready, right? If somebody goes this way, go this way, you can triage to kind of go down the path of what will get them to reconsider. Do you have any kind of go to things that you say like jokes aside in your sales holster that have maybe uh caused people to to reconsider when a, when a no was their first response or just things that you you know maybe phrases things that you leverage when you're in a when you're in a live situation where you have to be put on your toes do you have anything that you go to that you can share with us yeah for sure i think people don't like to be told that they can't do something so um, I utilize that. Um, when, when I'm selling into somebody and I can tell that they're kind of resistant or something, I'll say something like, well, this might not be a problem for you, or you may not be looking to do this this year, but let me tell you about the folks who have. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, we didn't say we didn't want to do this this year. And now we've started a conversation on timeline. Um, so I definitely utilize, um, a little bit of that tactic of, of telling them that they they can't or shouldn't they don't want to hear that they want to be told they can and they want to be the ones that tell me they can't so when you alter that and tell them on that end i do get a good response from that um, the other thing i do um, is i i really work on i understand who they are when the, where they went to school i dive into who they know at my company or maybe friends of mine I utilize all of those um, techniques that are out, out there, whether it be LinkedIn Sales Navigator 
or um, just checking out who, what alumni they, you know, what school they went to and utilizing that as well. I feel like that is the, the, the baseline of my selling techniques because once I enter then and I say, you know, hey, I went to Washington State University as well. And here, you know, where did you go? Where did you live? And I can start that conversation. Now, if it's not as easy as where did I went to school with you, um, I just recently have a, a, a conversation that I'm having with the prospect and a counterpart of mine went to school with this person and they were buddies in college. So I get to utilize that as well. And I think those things, not just going, I'm gonna sell to this person, I've got this, open up your mind and utilize the people that you know and love to help you because that those deals close way faster than the deals where I think I can do it on my own. And I could never do it on my, my success does not come with me sitting behind a computer. It comes with me on the phone with multiple people from my team, um, external teams, uh, competing verticals of mine at, at NetSuite. I reach out to people that know people and make sure that I utilize that in every selling cycle. I love that. There are some things that I want to point out that you said there. For our younger uh, listeners, for our young, for, for our more, sorry, not younger, I mean, less experienced <clears throat> sales folks you, folks, you said something very important. Um, I was told early on, so you and I have had the opportunity to, to live all, I mean, you especially being in the military, you lived all over the place. I lived a, a bunch of places, but I also wanted to make sure that I got involved in like a Toastmasters or a, the band thing or whatever. I'm just, I've always wanted to just learn enough about some things. And I have found that that has been a, a big strength when you're trying to break into a new, and when you're trying to establish a new relationship with somebody is just to have something, just anything that could relate to them, soften that, you know, kind of lower that guard and begin a conversation as a friend versus a business partner down the road. But, you know, would you say that for, for people at, of the, just getting into sales that that might be a, a thing to consider is, is don't sit behind your computer, get involved, have those experiences because they're genuine when people know that, oh, you went to UW or, or oh, you used to play, you play guitar? I, I play guitar, I play guitar too. And then there's just something else other than business to kind of begin that. Cause that's, that's a true champion, right? Yeah. Somebody who actually likes you, doesn't just yeah. need you. They like you and they want to do business with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, two things come um, to mind. Oh, did you want to go ahead or can I talk? Nope. <laughs> Okay. Um, two things come to mind. One, when I first started my very first job, um, selling oh, you're going to go now. Now let me go. <laughs> um, I worked uh, alongside Mekalai and um, I went up to the leaders and asked who were the best five reps at Oracle and Mekalai's name, shocker to none, uh, came up. And so uh -huh. I, I put time on Mekalai's calendar 10 years ago and asked him what he does to be successful. And he shared with me and I, then I went to the other folks and I took tiny little nuggets from each one, each one of them and built out my, the Heidi version. Like what, what is comfortable for me to do? That's not me copying something that say Mikolai would do because we were different people with different personalities, finding what's comfortable for you and what's successful, but gleaning from one another. And um, I think that, you know, especially if, as an early in the sales career person, knowing who the successful people are and getting time with them is going to definitely change your, your sales personality and techniques. Right on. Well, I, uh, I don't want to be selfish. I was, and I was going to ask you, maybe match the question. You guys can ask you what's the best 
advice you ever received as a seller. Um, so maybe we'll mash that one with, we always talk about uh, failure here. We celebrate it. We celebrate the climb, right? This is, this is one of the things as uh, it's what was Dave Dickey, one of our guests said that the sales being a seller, you have the most responsibility and the least amount of authority. Um, so I always thought that was, that was brilliant. And do you have a failure, you know, and this could be an advice thing for, for other sellers or however you want to take this, but any advice from a failure that you learned? Maybe it's funny. Maybe it's not that you you overcame and you took away a, a huge lesson from that you apply to your efforts today. Yeah, I mean, if I were to use the word failure, I do it all the time. Um, but I don't use the word failure. Um, I use the word lessons learned. So I either win or I learn. And this is something yeah. like it's not. I didn't make this up. It's out there. It's been out there forever. Um, so whenever I make a mistake, I actually, in the meeting, I'll make a mistake and I write it down so, so I don't forget because one, I'm blonde and two, I'm old. So I can't remember what I had for breakfast today. So I write down what my mistakes are and then I share that out with everybody. I tell everybody what I did wrong so that they don't make the same mistake again. Um, a recent one that comes to mind is I was in I was in an on-site during our like final stages demo for a customer that we actually did bring on board. Thank you, God. Um, but we got in there and their in their their internet went down. Okay, so what am I'm I'm army right? So I come prepared to everything. I have paper copies. I I do everything. When it comes to a demo, paper copy is not going to cut it. So um, I'm sitting in the room. There's their phones are down their internet oh. is down. They have lights on and that is that is it. So I'm sitting there and, and I'm like going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I have no clue. How do I make this work? Little do I remember, I have hotspot on my phone and I can make everything happen. But I sat there for about 15 minutes just sweating bullets thinking, how am I going to make this happen? I flew out for the meeting and um, my demo resource only had a limited amount of time. And then one of the women in the room, one of the prospects had said, do you have a hotspot? And I'm like, of course I have a hotspot. Why wasn't I thinking of that? And so we turned my computer, my tiny little laptop around and we used that as the demo. Um, and I made light of it and said, you know, here's a perfect example of how much we need technology and, and so on and so forth. But um, it, it, that's real minor, but any of those situations, then I went out to my team and I told them all, you know, don't ever forget you have a hotspot, make sure you bring your external speakers so that everybody can hear everything. Um, but yeah, I do, I don't try to tend to look at them as failures because I would just feel so, so sorry for myself all the time because I tend to make failures on the daily. I just look at them as lessons learned and then, um, Another thing I do with that is do an after actions report, whether it's just, this is an army thing, whether it's just me sitting down and writing down what I did wrong, bouncing it off my manager, my counterparts, the SCs that are on the phone, what could I have done better? Um, and then take note of that and share it out because it's not just a message for me to not do it again, but I don't want my counterparts to fail either. Um, very team-minded and yeah, I think that if we can all share each other's failures or lessons learned, then we'll only become stronger. Hey man, thank you, Heidi. You're amazing. I'm not um, a man, though. <laughs> what's that? You called me man. <laughs> Did I? Uh, see, I'm old too, so we at least got that going for us. Um, sorry about that. I know you're not a man, um, but you are <laughs> a, an exquisite seller, and I love the way that you communicate your 
I love the way you do, do what you do. It's, it's super unique and I've learned so much. And speaking of, we're going to open this up uh, to, to Kate, who's been kind of fielding questions along the way. And this is your time, closest community. So um, we're gonna try and take as many questions as, as we can until, until we wrap. Sound like a plan? I love it. All right, so first off, apparently I accidentally jumped on with my computer screen. Um, apparently brand chicks make mistakes too. So there you go. Um, so we're, we're gonna dive into the first question here. This is a great question from the audience and everybody that's on the line, feel free to pop your questions into the chat box or the Q&A box and I will work very hard to get to as many as possible. The first question that we had, Heidi, you talked about really leveraging experts and smart people around you for your business. And so one of the questions that the audience had was, how should I be working with the marketing team to help my sales efforts? And specifically, what should I expect and what should they expect from me? Well, first I wanna make sure, you wanna make sure that you build a relationship. There is a long standing historical beef between sales and marketing. Um, and I think that is, you know, if you can build a, a relationship with them if they're local to you, maybe go out and have dinner or a beer or something and just have a natural conversation. Like, I think that salespeople tend or marketing people tend to be like, this is what we're going to do and this is how. But what we want to do is build an environment where marketing's like, hey, sales, what do you think of this idea? And bouncing these ideas off of each other. So with the kindness campaign, that marketing actually took that campaign and made it their own and then rolled it out to the entire company. Um, once before they did that though, they reached back out to me and said, hey, what do you think of X, Y, and Z? And we changed some verbiage, what are your thoughts on that? So I think if you guys, if both teams can see each other as trusted advisors and people that you want to go to, because marketing is experts at what they do and sellers are experts at what they do. And we're the ones who hear what the prospects are saying so I think that if you can build that rapport naturally with the people that you work with in marketing, you're going to, you're going to find it as a mutual win because what we need to have is marketing folks to hear what is working and what isn't working. I think that um, I've seen in the past where marketing people come up with really neat ideas, but they just don't land. And so being able to have that open bi bi-directional rapport will only benefit both marketing in their um, SQL rates, as well as sellers in getting more um, leads inbound. Awesome. So on that note, when we think about working with the marketing team to give them better insight, for example, on what is working, what is not working, and also being open to the ideas that they have, which may or may not work for, for those that are on the front lines of selling. You know, when you think about what you've done, it sounds like you're a master in um, emailing. Have you had a particular way in which you shared with your marketing team on what should be included in a cold outreach email, for example, or how to build those campaigns? And if so, if that's something that you've shared with them, how have you facilitated that dialogue? Is there a particular way where that dialogue has gone really well? I think, I mean, the freshest one that comes to mind is the kindness campaign. Um, and it was, it, you know, I think for me, I shared it out with them and then they digested the information and came back to me with some suggestions and changes that 
that made sense that I wouldn't have thought of because I'm, I've got a seller's hat on. I've never been in marketing, so I don't know exactly what goes alongside of that. But when I was a VP of sales, I had to work hand in hand with marketing in order to assure that what they were doing was actually going to bring in the results that the sellers were looking for. So I think I skirted that question like a, uh, like a good um, politician, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. No, that's fine. <laughs> I think that's as best as I can get on that one. <laughs> well, let's pivot back because we have a lot of questions coming in around the kindness campaign for a moment. And so there seems to be a lot of talk among a lot of people around how do you continue to um, address what people may be going through and, and care without seeming slimy. So somebody just asked, how do you continue to stay out of the annoying we're a giant company who really cares about you in these troubling times and we're all in it together and please buy our stuff zone, <laughs> but to continue to reach out in a genuine way. Yeah. Um, I think for me, um, I share a lot about myself, which sounds selfish and maybe um, not natural for certain people, but I'll start my email off like, hey, you haven't met me yet, but this is what I did over the, I, I helped build my son two skateboard ramps over the weekend. COVID has really gotten me creative. What are you guys doing? What are you doing with your family to stay creative? And then I'll, then I'll just shift into, I call everything out. I try not to cover anything with anything. So I'll say something to the effect of, I know you're getting a ton of emails saying, bye now, sales are right. Here's, you know, here's something we can do for you. And, and I'm going to kind of go down that road and I call it all out because I feel people are respectful of people who aren't pandering them, right? So if I can just say, hey, I'm a seller and I have something I think that's going to be helpful for you here and here it is. If this isn't helpful for you, just tell me. Um, but first, I want to hear what you're doing with your kids to keep them entertained. So I kind of tie in different ways to make them want to read my emails and then respond. But I think when you, when you call it out, like, hey, I am still trying to sell. I said recently to, um, in an email to somebody, it's not my goal to, to, to take advantage of this situation that you're in. You had mentioned you're interested in purchasing an ERP this year. I know the vast majority of companies aren't doing that right now. They put those things on hold and you're likely one of those people too. However, if in the case that it does make sense for you to take advantage of incentives that we are offering right now, let's talk. If not, please tell me what you're doing to keep your kids at kids sane or something along those lines. Or what are you and your friends doing, you know, socially on Zoom or any, you know, just tie it back to be human. Like stop being a selling machine and start being a human being talking to a receiver whoever it is. And I think the more you can be genuine, the more people actually will read your email. If you send out an email to 2000 people that says, buy now, I've got this for sale, but wait, there's more. They're not, they're probably not going to read sentence two. But if you're sending a message and it doesn't have to be individual each time because there's just not enough time in the day. But if you can make it at least genuine from your heart, like I did with that kindness campaign, people received it as genuinity and they were, they, they actually wanted to respond back to me. You know, Heidi, and just to, to jump in here because we're both working Q4 deals right now this month to bring to closure and I've got a few of them and one out of the, out of the three of them, two uh, 
hit your point to those planting those seeds early. Like these, one was a nine month out, one was a six month out. So planting those seeds early and being genuine, right? Like being absolutely genuine and actually caring about them. But then also there's been one of those kind of flankers where it was just like, this is happening, like this is happening in our world. And if that sounds like something that you're in the position to take advantage, awesome. If not, you know, the same deal with, with, with planting that seed in that relationship. So everything you say, I, I, I second, it's, you know what I mean? That's the way to do it. it it's gotta be human being. It's got right now it's more human. It needs to be more human to human than ever before, but not in a pandering way and not in a overly empathetic way where someone feels kind of ishy, right? You've got yeah. to kind of play the balance. Be natural. Like you're talking to somebody, yeah. send an email to a prospect. Like you're sending an email to a friend. Yeah, I like that. Cut out the, you know, the F bombs. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah, be best. <laughs> well, on those lines, and I've had a few questions come through on this. Um, so talking about being genuine, being yourself, make that personal connection, treat people as people. There's a number of folks on the line that are potentially in industries that are really struggling right now. And so do you have any advice, and maybe it's the same advice, on how you can maybe sell yourself instead of your product until the industry bounces back? Yeah, I think it's just having, trying to get them to have a conversation I know some of the most successful reps at, at, at NetSuite are doing virtual happy hours with the bringing in, you know, customers as well as prospects. That's something I've heard is successful, just doing something out, outside of the norm. Although a lot of people are doing happy hours with their families and their buddies and so forth, so that might not work. Um, but one thing I have held true since the very first day I started selling is I try everything every time. So where the kindness campaign would, would land perfectly with someone like my brother who was going through a hard time, um, for me uh, to get that email, I probably would be like, okay, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. When are they going to start selling me on something? I can see through this. So I think you have to try everything every time. You're reaching out to, let's say you've got 100 accounts just for ease of numbers and you're gonna reach out to three to five people at each account, you have to try everything for everyone, right? So I don't just do the kindness campaign and go, oh, hopefully it works. I do kindness campaign day one. Day two, I'll send a webinar. Day three, I'll do a video um, on LinkedIn, just a video message to them. Um, day four, I will leave a voicemail. Day five, and, and I do a 20 touch in 30 days. Yeah, it sounds insane. I do a 20 touch in 30 days to each account. I go through 25 counts a week. So by the end of the month, I will have gone through 100 accounts. It's very time consuming. A lot of it is repetitious. I just copy paste. Um, if in, There are certain days in there where I spend that day doing research, where they go to school. What groups on LinkedIn are they on? Um, did they recently acquire somebody? Have they gotten new funding? in tying that in to make it personal, but you cannot do the same thing for everybody because what works for Mikolai, what works for Kate, what works for me, isn't gonna work for the next guy. You have to try everything for everybody and then something will land. And recently I was looking to purchase a hot tub. My, my friend Mikolai also might've be in the market for that as well. Well, I spent a ton of time looking online, what's out there, what are people saying, um, and building an online like 24-7 salesperson for yourself, 
um, I do it on LinkedIn, right? I share um, articles, I comment on people's articles, I comment on prospects articles, I tag people. That way when I'm sleeping and someone's looking for a new ERP, they might come across and see me as a subject matter expert. So I think you have to, you cannot hone in on one thing that works because that's only gonna work for that kind of person. And you don't sell to one kind of person, you sell to everybody. Let me jump in too, Heidi, because I did buy that hot tub, by the way. Um, and so, so two of us, uh, two out of two here bought a hot tub or during this pandemic. Um, do we need them? No, but have I always wanted one? And I think you had two. Yes, and they were 65% off, right? If there was a time to buy one, this is it. And I've always wanted one, like since we moved into this place. And um, I, I guess the story of that is you, you're talking about buyer profile. You know what I mean? Um, everyone buys differently. Everyone has, whether it's uh, emotional or analytical, or there's all kinds of different buyer profiles. But for us, you know, putting that message out there that it's 65% off. I know that's a cheesy example of what you're speaking of, but like you cannot assume that nobody's looking for an ERP system or nobody's looking to, ch to change financial advisors or nobody's looking to buy a home right now. You, you cannot assume that. And that's what's been kind of the the frustrating part for me is is seeing the, the two divide is some people are saying, oh, no one's buying. I guess I'm just going to punt or take a knee or chill and watch Netflix. And it's like, no, there are buyers out there. We, I have three of them. You've got a couple right now. And we just bought a hot tub from a guy that's just shocked. He said, you know, I've sold more hot tubs during this time than ever. And it just, you can't assume that no one's buying, right? right. No matter what's going on. Right. Right. Because people, people are. are buying. I just sold a house in Portland. Yeah. People, people are, are buying. Yeah, people are buying. So it's just finding those people and that's where you can't just do the, just starting out with the kindness campaign is exactly what I did the second COVID started. Um, but since then I've added 19 other steps to my, my attack plan as I call it. So you, if you can't just do one thing, I, I've said it enough. I think if you say it seven times, it sinks in. So I think we're at the seventh point. So <laughs> and this is being recorded so they can like just triple down and hear right, it 21 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we have another interesting question. So what you're talking about, what I'm hearing is kind of around incentive and this idea of maybe taking advantage of what's, well, not taking advantage, but yeah, potentially huh. taking advantage of the, the, the season at hand. But in general, somebody posed this question and they said, they said, you know, especially when selling, let's say a software technology, how do you recommend instilling a sense of urgency when talking with prospects? Is it incentive-based? For sure, uh, for sure, I would say. Um, right now, if people are going to buy, they are going to buy because of the incentives, right? What's, unless they, like, unless you were already in a cycle trying to sell before January, right? I think that those, some of those can't have continued on and they're getting to the point where they're going to purchase or they have purchased. Um, I was able to sell an account last month, which, you know, they were already in a cycle and they didn't want to lose that momentum. But I do think the incentives are helpful. I um, want to give a shout out to my, my BDR, Danny Schneider, who's a rock star. And he reached out to a customer prospect of mine who um, had said, we have to wait. It's just the timing is bad. We're prioritizing our human capital right now. We cannot make any purchases. Well, he reached out and said, basically, but wait, there's more. 
and list it off. Like here are the incentives we're offering right now. These are very short term. I hate to sound like a, a you know, um, a salesperson who's only throwing out incentives, but if it's something you're going to purchase this year and you can save tens of thousands of dollars that will equate to a hundred thousand dollars in three years, prove out the ROI. I think proving out value and ROI at this point is going to sell because if, if they buy it today at X hundred thousand dollars or whatever, and if they were going to buy it in September and it's going to be, you know, 20 to 30% more, and then you show them the five year TCO, you're actually going to sell them based on those numbers because they see if we're going to buy this this year anyways, or intended on buying it this year, and we're able to save ourselves X amount of money, that right there is some good, uh, some good ROI, return on investment. If they weren't going to buy this year and have it in a two or three year plan, and they can see that the, the total cost of ownership is going to be much lower, then obviously they're going to, it's going to be a consideration. I had um, an email went out to a prospect that had fallen off due to the COVID and it, it was a similar email here, you know, but wait, there's more kind of meant, and kind of an email went out. She sent it to her CEO and now we're having a conversation. So I think those incentive based things right now are important. The reason why Mikolai and I uh, both we're interested in hot tubs right now is because we knew we could get that. We want both wanted them and we knew we could get them at a highly discounted rate. What I hadn't planned on buying it one this month, but due to the fact that the discounts were in, insane, I did. Well, same with the deals we're running right now. They're right. all incentive based. Yes. You know, and you know, not to, to compare it, you know, a lot of companies have their, these Q4, a lot of companies, a lot of businesses book a lot of their business in Q4. That is not, to relate it to a pandemic, I don't want to be misheard, but that is a, it is a call to action. There is a reason and incentive-based reasoning is why a lot of companies do, you know, half, half if not more of their business in Q4 yeah. um, because there are buyers looking for those incentives and they've been, they've been ready for a while. They just needed a push. Right. right. And I think having hair that looks like Farrah Fawcett probably also is a huge incentive for folks that want to buy. So. Yeah. And having hair that looks like somebody flattened it and painted it <laughs> doesn't help but the wizard beard does sometimes yeah, I, i'm getting that <laughs> snow what i'm cooking <laughs> well we have time for just one more question and by the way thanks to everybody that's been pitching questions over quick caveat you know we're not gonna be able to get to everything today but if you have not joined the closers community on facebook that's a great place for you to keep the conversation going and so at the end of today i'll be posting that into the chat box um, so Heidi, we have one final question that we might be able to address with you. And this is an interesting one. You know, when it comes to people and, and, and pitching, you know, ideas and pitching your sales, um, how do you decide when to fish or when to cut bait? Um, that is a good question. I continue to fish until I've heard from multiple people in the same organization that they are not going to purchase. I am definitely not afraid of the answer no. In fact, getting no was one of the first things I heard uh, my early stage sales cycle at Oracle. A no is just as important as a yes, because then you can move along. But what I realized is that um, if I get a no from you know, the CFO, maybe it's because he doesn't know the pain that the controller is feeling. 
So then I either do a plus one or a plus or a negative one. So I go to the person and then if they aren't interested, I go above them, maybe to a board member, see who I know that's connected um, via team link or just connections I have on Sales Navigator or I go below them. If I go to the controller and he's pulling his hair out and he's like, yes, I do have a problem. I do let him know, you know, I spoke to your CFO and he's, he doesn't recognize this as an issue right now. Are you noticing that that same thing? And then he says, yes, then we continue the sales cycle. Now, if I get, if I reach out to, you know, CFO, CEO, controller, VP of finance, and they're all like, no, we're, we're happy. Then I just say, I am really happy to hear that. That's fantastic. Should things can you know change in the future, you know how to get a hold of me. We have tons of events in the area. I'll make sure to invite you to them as they come up, um, come up, and you don't have to be a, a, a customer of mine to attend. Um, just continue to keep that rapport. If I get a no from somebody, it's just a no for that right now. But I do want to keep a rapport because those people will eventually leave that company, and I want them to remember Heidi Munson and that I was not pushy, but I was still friendly and I still engaged with them throughout the years. Heidi, you were unforgettable. So um, <laughs> that was amazing. The fair faucet here. Thank you so much, Heidi, for, uh, for being on the show. Thank you so much for everything you do for the, just the art and science that is sales. And thanks for taking time to share with us. Um, I know we can't, you can't hear any claps, but if you could, they'd be loud, I'm guessing. How, how, how do we do, how do we do everybody? We see some love in the in the the chat bar for Miss Heidi. Ooh, clap, clap. lots of claps, lots of claps. <laughs> right on. Well, um, if you want to stick around, Heidi, we're gonna we're gonna take a a handful of minutes. We're gonna listen to some Alex Rossi, and we're gonna we're gonna network over here in the chat bar. I want to thank Kate for being an amazing MC. Kate, as always, you killed it. Um, I want to thank our sponsors: uh, Redbridge Recruiting, Back Forty, Click Three Sixty, Time on Target, our Premier, and Noble Trinet. We love you guys. Um, you, our Closers community, uh, for joining us, as well as our first-timers. If you're not part of the Closers community, as Kate said, go to uh, our Facebook group. It's literally called Closers Community and Facebook. And um, if you may have heard, um, there's going to be more information coming out, but reach out to us now because we're filling seats for um, our small group, groups of four, uh, Closers Media um, virtual sales coaching platform. We're going to be inviting, hopefully, people like Heidi and other folks like, like our experienced folks to help the next up. Um, it's going to be dedicated to you and uh, closing deals faster. So reach out to me or Gario at uh, closersmedia.com for more information. So show's over. Heidi, thank you again. Thank you for ho having me. It was such an honor. Ah, honor's all ours. We'll see and you guys in the chat bar. Oh, sorry. See you in the chat bar. And one quick thing we always ask is you're going to get an email from Eventbrite asking you to just fill out a bit of a post-event survey so we can continue to improve and get feedback. If you can take a minute to do that, and better yet, I'm going to go ahead and put the link right into that chat right now. It's for a Google form. You can go ahead and just take two seconds to fill that out. We appreciate it, you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. See you next time. All right. So what do we think? What'd you learn? Well, if you like that, check out coffeeclosers.com for upcoming episodes, recordings, and more. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. Each one has been hand-selected. They're best in class. Until next time. We'll see you at the next Coffee and Closers. Cheers. Come on, live. Live a life we love. Gotta live. I said live. Live a life we love.